Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 87, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples. This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. This is the word of the Lord. Before we consider God's word together, let's pray and ask that his spirit would give us ears to hear. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together this morning in the name of your Son, Jesus. We thank you for the gift of your word to us. We remember what the Apostle Peter said when many left you, when many left the Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, when you turned to your disciples and said, will you go also? Your servant Peter said, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so this morning we ask that you would give us ears to hear these words of eternal life. Write your word upon our hearts now, for we ask it in the precious and powerful name of the same Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're gathered here this morning on this Lord's Day in a bit of an unusual way. But we've all come into the same place. We've all come into the Lord's house. And yes, we're in different rooms and we're separated by walls. But we've come here in his name. We've come here to sing his praises. We've come here to hear his word and to come around his table. Now, it does grieve us that we have to be separated by walls this morning. And we are longing to be back together again in the sanctuary. Now, I have the privilege of being in the sanctuary right now, and there's a few of you who are with me here in the sanctuary. But even as I'm speaking, I can hear the echo of my own voice. And uh, that's not a very encouraging experience for a preacher, hearing the echo of his own voice when he's preaching. So we're longing for all of you to be with us here in the sanctuary. And we're grieved that we have to be separated. Now, we are grieved, but we're not surprised. Remember that the Apostle Paul says that the present age in which we live is an evil age. We live in this present evil age. And there are many things here and now that grieve us. The world is not as it ought to be. Uh, The world is not as it will be. But even so, let's remember what the Apostle Paul tells us, that even in the midst of this present evil age, we should always be of good courage, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I've decided that we should take a a break from our series in John's Gospel to hear and consider this psalm this morning because this is a psalm which is a song of praise of Zion. And it's a psalm that gives us the eyes of faith to recognize, to behold the significance of our gathering here this morning. Now, as, we, as you read through Scripture, you'll find many references to Zion. 
You find it all over, all over scripture. We heard it in the prayer this morning from Hebrews chapter 12. And Zion, in God's word, has both a historical and earthly significance, but it also has a spiritual and a heavenly significance. Now, on a historical and earthly level, Zion is the city of David. It's, it's the fortress city that he captured from the Jebusites. You can read about that in 2 Samuel. You remember that some of his troops went up the water spout and they took the city. And this was a fortress city. This was a military stronghold. And David took it. And it was called the city of David. That's Zion. A safe place. A high place. A strong place. But David then took the Ark of the Covenant and he brought it up to Zion. And you'll remember from 1 Chronicles 16 that he ordained priests to sing and make music before the ark, day and night. It's a military stronghold, but it was also a place of worship. Now, that's the earthly and historical significance. But there's also a spiritual and a heavenly, a prophetic significance to Zion. Because as you read through scripture and you hear about the descriptions of Zion in the Psalms, and you hear about the way the prophets talked about Zion... It's the place of God's throne. It's the place where he reigns and rules. It's the place where his blessings and salvation and deliverance and peace, his shalom, are fully known and manifest. It's the place of his presence. It's the place where he is worshipped. And the, the psalmist's description of that place, the prophet's description of that place, certainly exceeds that small city of David on Mount Zion. So it has a spiritual and heavenly significance. And the promise is, the prophets, the book of Revelation, tell us that one day the whole creation, the whole world will be Zion. And we'll know the the reality and the fullness of God's presence, of his blessing, of his salvation and deliverance. And we will worship him and see him face to face. Now that's in the future, but even now, even now, we know something of the reality of Zion. And we know it especially when we come together on the Lord's Day to worship. And Pastor Mike used Hebrews 12 to guide us in our prayers this morning. And listen again to what Hebrews 12.22 says about us. And says about us right now. You have come to Mount Zion. And to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Now that's true of us this morning. This morning we have come to Mount Zion. We have come to the city, city of the living God. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. And the hope and the blessing and the peace of Zion is already present with us right now. So yes, we are separated by walls, but I want us to consider Psalm 87 and this song of Zion this morning because it gives us the eyes of faith to recognize the reality of God's presence among us in this place. So if we look at the psalm, I want us to consider three things. First of all, in verses 1 to 3, We see there that Zion is a city that God has founded. It's a city that God loves. And because God has founded it and God loves it, glorious things are spoken of it. And then in verses 4 to 6, we see that we are born and registered in Zion. And then finally, in the last verse, we see that the people of Zion are people who sing and, yes, even dance. So first, let's look at verses 1 to 3, and I'll read them again for us. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. 
The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Now, we all know how volatile life has been, how uncertain life has been over the last year, and especially over the last month or so. And especially in Ontario and in this city of Toronto. We're never quite sure what, what's next for us as, as a new press conference is held and new measures are put in place. And we know from our own experience and from the experience of, of our neighbors and those in our community that things are uncertain right now and it's as if people are, are living on shifting and sinking sand. But that's not the case for the church. The church is not founded on shifting and sinking sand. Here we read that the church is founded, Zion is founded by God. We're not built on sand, we are built on solid rock. We're built on the foundation, which is Christ. He is our rock, he is our refuge. And we need to be reminded of that this morning. Our feet are firmly fixed. We are standing on the rock, which is Christ. And one of the psalms that I've been meditating on throughout this time, and especially recently, is Psalm 61. And just listen to how David cries out to the Lord in Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. And then listen to this. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Now, our God has answered this prayer in Christ. He is the rock that is higher than we are. He is our refuge. He is our strong tower. And Zion is a city that God himself has founded. He has established it. He has established us. And this morning we're reminded that we stand on the solid and firm foundation of Christ. Now look at verse 2. God has not only founded and established Zion, but he loves the gates of Zion. Now, we know that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. God's love is eternal. God's love is abiding. And even here, the implication is that he loves all the dwelling places of Jacob, just as he loves you and me. He loves all the dwelling places of Jacob. He loves each one of us. And yet, the psalmist says, he loves the gates of Zion even more. Now why? Why does he love the gates of Zion even more? Well, you can think about the significance of gates in the ancient world. But I think the primary referent here is that it was through the gates As people came through the gates of Zion, as they entered the gates, they came to praise and worship him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and his courts with praise. And our Lord loves the gates of Zion more because it's through those gates that we come to worship him. And it's through those gates that we've come to worship him this morning. And the Lord says he loves the the gates of Zion. He loves the gates of Zion because he delights in our praise. He delights that we've come here this morning in the name of his son to sing his praises. And yes, we've come here this morning because we love him. We've come here because we want to sing his praises. We want to say glorious things about him. But what happens when we come together to sing his praises and as we come through these gates, we stir up 
his love for us. And know that this morning, as we have come through these gates, we are stirring up the love of our God for us. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Now look at verse 3. Here we're told that when we enter these gates to worship him, we find that glorious things are spoken of us. Now we come here to say glorious things about him. We want to speak glorious things about the Lord. We want to sing the praises of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want to declare the excellencies of Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And yet we find that when we come to this place, glorious things are said of us. Now, glorious things may not be said of us by the world, but glorious things are said of us by the Lord. And just consider what God's word says about us. God's word declares that we are the bride of Christ. We are dearly loved, we are cherished and nourished by our heavenly husband, our bridegroom, Christ. God's word says of us that we are the body of Christ. We are the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the household of God. We're a holy temple in the Lord, a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. God's word says of us that we are a royal priesthood. We're a treasured possession. We're a holy nation. Yes, indeed, glorious things are spoken of us. So we are the city of God. We've come to Mount Zion this morning. We're founded by God. We are loved by God and glorious things, he says, of us. Then look at verses 4 to 6. There we see that we are born and registered in Zion. So let's hear those verses again. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion, it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples. This one was born there. Now, look at the list of people who are born in Zion and registered in Zion. People from Rahab, that's a reference to Egypt. People from Babylon, from Philistia, from Tyre, from Cush, that's Ethiopia. Now, these nations represent the enemies of Zion. They represent the enemies of God's people, the enemies of God himself. And yet we're told here that the enemies of Zion are born and registered in Zion. Now, this gives us a beautiful picture of our redemption in Christ. Because, yes, Egypt, Babylon, Philistia, Tyre, Cush, they were the enemies of Zion. And yet, here we find that people from among those nations are born and registered in Zion. And so it is for us this morning. We were once enemies of God. We were once enemies of Christ. And yet, this morning we're reminded that we are those who have been born again. And we are those who have been registered as citizens of Zion. Now think of the image here, the recording of our names, the registration of our names. Scripture tells us that our names are recorded in Zion. Our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. But the only reason that our names are recorded and written down there is because our sins were recorded and registered on Christ. You'll remember what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 2. 
that the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, that was canceled. That was wiped clean. It was blotted out. It was set aside. And how did God do that? He did that by nailing it to the cross. Our sins were written on his hands, his pierced hands. And when we think of the pierced hands of Christ, we're reminded that our sins were written there and nailed there. But the same Lord Jesus Christ rose on the third day. He ascended. He is in in the flesh, in his risen flesh, is seated at the right hand of God. And remember that he proved his resurrection to his disciples by showing them the marks. And as we consider the, the wounds on the hands of our risen Christ now, we don't see there our sins. What we see there is our names. Our names are registered there. Our names are recorded there. Think of what Isaiah 49, 16 says. Behold, God says, look at this, see this, behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Now, if you look to Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you turn from your sins, and you put your trust in him, know that your name is recorded on his hands. You're given a new identity, a new citizenship, a new birth. And so we who were sinners and we who were once enemies of God can now say that we are born in Zion. We are registered in Zion. The Lord records as he registers the peoples. This one was born there. And then finally we come to verse 7. And there we see that the people of Zion, those who are born again, And registered in Zion are a people who sing and dance. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. Now here we see that Christ is not only the foundation of Zion. He is also the fount of Zion. He is the spring of Zion. And remember as we've been going through the uh, John's gospel how Jesus While the priests were pouring out water on the altar in the temple, how he stood up on that last day, the great day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And he said, whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. For as it is written, out of the belly of believers will flow streams of living water. Yes, there are springs in Zion, and there are overflowing springs. And remember when he was with the woman at the well, and how he promised promised her eternal life, and he offered her living water. And then that conversation turned to the question of worship and the question of where to worship. And Zion is the place of worship, where we worship him in spirit and truth. And Christ is the spring of that worship, the fount of that worship. He's the one that offers us living water. He's the one who gives us the spirit without measure. And remember what the Apostle Paul says, that we who are filled with the spirit sing spiritual songs. Our singing, and our singing this morning, yes, we may have been in different rooms, but our singing this morning was spirit-filled and spirit-led. Now, I want us to consider this, that he is the spring, he is the inspiration and the source and the life of our singing, and our singing Sunday by Sunday, and especially when we enter through these gates and sing his praises, our singing is a response To his singing. We sing because we are made in the image of God. We sing because we worship a God who himself sings. 
Listen to what the prophet Zephaniah declares. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Our God rejoices over us with loud singing. The triune God sings. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are a divine choir. And they sing over us. And when they sing over us, the Spirit of God fills us. And we respond by singing. Now consider this. That when we gather together on Sunday mornings to sing God's praises, our singing is a response to the God who sings. And our singing makes audible to the world the singing of the triune God. Our singing makes audible to the, to the world that God is among us. God is presence, present. It's a declaration to the world that the Lord our God is in our midst, that he is a mighty one to save. So my brothers and sisters, yes, we live in this present evil age. But let us be of good courage this morning, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And yes, the world is established and the world rests on shifting and sinking sand. But God has founded Zion. And we have come to Mount Zion. And that foundation is Christ himself, the solid rock, our refuge. And yes, we may be separated by walls this morning, but we have entered the gates of Zion. And we've come to the place where, as we worship the Lord, we stir up his love for us. He loves the gates of Zion. Zion is founded by God, but Zion is dearly loved by God. And we know his love this morning. And glorious things are said of us. And whatever the world may say about God's people, whatever the world may say about the church, let's remember what God declares concerning us, that we are the bride of Christ. We are nourished and cherished by Christ. We are the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the household of God. We're a holy temple in the Lord. We're a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We are a royal priesthood, a treasured possession, a holy nation. And let's remember this morning that in the midst of this present evil age, we are those who are born again in Zion. We are registered in Zion. And in the midst of this present evil age, let's remember that our singing makes the singing of God audible. And our singing declares to the world that the Lord, our God, is in our midst. He is a mighty one to save. And now we come to the Lord's table. And this morning we have ten Lord's tables. But we come to the Lord's table. And we come to receive this bread and this cup. And there are passages of scripture that speak of the great feast in Zion. Isaiah promises that. The book of Revelation looks forward to the wedding supper of the Lamb. But we've come to Mount Zion this morning and we have a foretaste of that great feast even now. And as we come now to receive this bread and receive this cup, it is not only a reminder, but it is a confirmation. It gives us the assurance that our God is with us in this place, the living God. In this bread, we have communion with the body of Christ. In this cup, we have communion with the blood of Christ. So let's come to the Lord's table now. And let it be to us a confirmation that we are those 
who have been founded and loved in Zion.